This is the John Favreau is My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Hello, Monica. Also with you, this Jessica. This is giving me mass flashbacks. And mass also <laughs> with you. And with your spirit. And with your spirit, remember. Because and in when him, we were like 15 years old, the Catholic Church was like, oh, we have re-examined the text. <laughs> and a more accurate translation is, and with your spirit. So we're going to change decades of organized <laughs> religion <laughs> and and change it and with your spirit and also in him and with you and, <laughs> and in his house and in his house and under his law and with his so, coasters <laughs> <laughs> okay can we just talk about the fact that we used to drink out of like the chalice thing yeah that everyone else that drank everyone out of? else drank out of and i just remember being like a little altar boy and like grimacing every single time i saw a lipstick stain on the cup well i like from that, someone's like coral lipstick i like that they had you like hold a like a napkin yeah to wipe it every like time wipe. as but if that as like, if that helps you just you're just pushing the germs to the you other know what side. i respect those presbyterian folks because <laughs> they have all those little cups yes you same know with the mega church people they Pretty do much everyone who isn't a catholic who takes like the host. It's probably so bad for the environment. All those little plastic I'm cups. I'm sure. Hmm. I have to re-examine this. I'm sure. <laughs> and with your spirit. <laughs> and also with you. I'm very sorry if there's a Catholic listening to I this. I know. I'm sorry. We, we. Lighting themselves on fire. We were once Catholics <laughs> also as well. Amen. And with. And, your, with, and you. with your spirit um and um. and now we just do this in memory of of me <laughs> and now we just do this in memory of me amen amen <laughs> how are you i'm i'm feeling blessed <laughs> i'm feeling blessed how are you jessica i'm also feeling hashtag blessed hashtag you, blessed <laughs> jesus christ no pun intended ah! everyone <laughs> I love a good religion joke. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> uh, how was your Halloween, Monica? My Hallow's Eve was delightful. Thank you for asking. I did nothing. Yes. It was glorious. We dressed up in our house costumes. Uh-huh. And we sat in our house couch. Uh-huh. And we watched house <laughs> not movies. Your, not your outside couch? <laughs> no. We watched house movies. We watched... Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween Town. Delightful. Hocus Pocus. Hokey Pokey. Love it. And What We Do in the Shadows of the TV show. Perfect. <laughs> love that show. So all in all, a very wholesome Christmas. Carrie dressed up as a Christmas shack. Christmas Halloween. <laughs> I can't. I'm literally already skipping ahead. I'm like, I can't with this anymore. <laughs> all in all, a very delightful Halloween. We dress Carrie up as a shack. Like a shark? A shack in the water. In the water. In the water. There's a shark in the water. There's a shack in the water. I gotta get my daughter. My <laughs> Out of the water. Out of the water. Because <laughs> there's a shack in the water. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I get it. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what it was. I was a, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I got this like upside down headband from ralph's and that's what i was an upside wait what so there's this like headband and the top of the headband is the legs of the wicked witch of the east uh-huh. when dorothy's house like landed on her right it's the legs okay. i was the legs you are the legs i saw it at pavilions and you said this is my costume exactly okay. i was i just i was gonna make my costume and i just wasn't in the mood it was like already like 7 p.m i was like <laughs> i can't do this anymore yeah 7 p.m on halloween is not the time <laughs> to make your costume um but aaron was um the the guy from it the, yes. the main guy georgie main, georgie from it the main guy the main guy <laughs> the main guy. you mean the main like dead one yeah the one who like the one who like technically he's the main character because everything happens around him i guess sure yeah <laughs> he's the one who gets sucked down the drain yeah he's the one who's like his f- arms get eaten off you'll float too bah, bah, bah. Oh, stop it i hate that you'll float too. 
<laughs> you do his voice really well. George. <laughs> I got taken on a first date to see it and I had no interest in seeing it. I was like, I don't like horror movies. And he's like, okay, cool. So we'll go see it. And I was like, <laughs> you were not listening to me. <laughs> first red flag. First red he flag. He also had a child though. So it was just fucked all around. Oh you know? God. <laughs> That's too much. It's too much. It's on fine. A first it's fine. Uh, Jessica, yeah. how was your Halloween? It was good. I went to our good friend Devin's Halloween party. Oh, yes, his infamous the annual night Halloween before party. Halloween. Um, he paid a nice woman one hundred and seventy-five dollars to do his full drag makeup so that he could go as Winifred from Hocus Pocus. That is just bananas incredible his sister-in-law was sarah jessica parker and his brother okay. was kathy and jamie my favorite of the three sisters is sarah jessica parker. absolutely every single time a boy comes in she goes a boy and grabs her tits <laughs> <laughs> the only thing i hate about her is the inconsistency with the wig that they gave her it's true at the beginning so cordially yeah 20 minutes later straight as fuck also later <laughs> wavy sometimes Make she up your has mind. well sometimes she also has like that under dye like the dye underneath uh-huh. the blonde sometimes she doesn't what is that what's that about they fucked up they fucked up they fucked up they fucked up um yeah and so then they also did the full uh i put a spell on you uh, dance routine no they didn't uh, yeah on the bar iconic it was incredible we love it. Um, i have a video i'll show you later <laughs> <laughs> but i dressed up as miss piggy and my friend hannah came into town and she was kermit Kermit. And we had a great time. You see it, the rainbow <laughs> connection. It's it's you and me, and we're together. <laughs> it's Halloween, Miss Piggy. <laughs> and then the next day, um, we went shopping in Silver Lake. Oh, best place to go shopping <laughs> to like the PF Candle Co. And oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I bought two candles. <gasps> yeah. Oh, we love candy. I know we do. And then I took her to the airport and then I went and passed out candy at my mom's house. I couldn't and I met that tiny pug named Blossom. Did she have a lot? Not, not, the, not the pug, but uh-huh. did, did she have a lot of trick-or-treaters? She, there was a, a fair amount, but like, this is only her second Halloween at this house. Cause prior to that, we lived in, in the Valley and we lived on candy cane lane. So like insane amount of trick-or-treaters like people would big, drive there to trick-or-treat big competition exactly and so we would go through so much fucking candy and we'd often run out and she's used to buying for that so she made me buy so much candy and i didn't even get through ha- one half of the one of the three bags so we have like two thousand pieces of candy <laughs> That's like Aaron and I's, you know, this is the first year that we are handing out candy because we stayed home Uh because that's better. (laughs) Um, And uh, we bought a fuck ton of candy. We bought like all different varieties, all different kinds, because, you know, Aaron has allergies. And so we tried to be like conscious to have like something for everyone. And no one came. Not a single person? Not a single trick or treater. Wow. You should just leave like a bowl of candy for your neighbors. Don't they have kids? Yeah, the, no, that's why we thought there would be so many, but oh. I guess like our timing was off because we were at pavilions. Oh. And then we came back and I think they I think they all finished. Oh, wow. Do kids trick-or-treat early they in the trick, evening? They start trick-or-treating at like six. That's crazy. That's too early. Well, I mean, as soon as the sun sets, they'll, they'll start. Sometimes slightly before. That's crazy. It was like 3 p.m. We were driving around. There's bitches were out there Halloween yeah. <laughs> trick-or-treating. It was I crazy. It was bizarre. Bananas. Well, bizarre. happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Now it's time for Crimbus. Now it's Crimba time. Thanksgiving. No, there's Thanksgiving. Are we allowed to celebrate Thanksgiving anymore? Is that a thing? Yeah. I mean, I think you can celebrate it for like what it has become. Mm. Don't be like, we are celebrating that the pilgrims and the Native Americans. Okay. No. Just be like, now, now <laughs> it's that's not what it's about. Now we're celebrating <laughs> sides. We're literally just celebrating a day to eat together. Now we're celebrating End of sides. Story. It's no longer a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. <laughs> not You know how there are two a Charlie Brown Thanksgivings? There's one. I don't actually know. Well, there's one where he makes like a, a Thanksgiving dinner for like all his friends and it's okay. like fucking popcorn and, and you know, jelly beans and toast okay. and Snoopy's like a chef, but he's not because he's just fucking making toast. Because he's, <laughs> he's a dog. Joke's on you, kids. Ah! <laughs> Woodstock, he's just, just ah. He's just a bird. <laughs> you thought. 
<laughs> um, and uh, but there's another one where it's Charlie Brown and he goes back in time to like the Mayflower times. Or and nor. It's so racist. <laughs> uh, or nor. It's so racist. Um, and it's so it's just crazy. Let's not do that this year. Not sore. this year. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, we're celebrating sides. Okay, yeah, perfect. And we're having a friendsgiving. Yes. Or you're throwing one, but I'm attending. Well, we're throwing a friendsgiving. It's really just like us and like Jessica and like one other friend. It's but- just dinner, really. But. <laughs> <laughs> everyone shut up it's just dinner it was once a very heavily attended event and yes. uh since attendance has dwindled um <laughs> but we're not gonna let that stop it's us. okay i'm still gonna make a pie exactly she's gonna make a delicious tat i'm gonna make the tat that you like from your birthday list i love year. that tat so good this episode is brought to you by shopify Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Anyway, speaking of tarts. Yes. Speaking of delicious, delectable tarts. Uh-huh. A nice crumbly graham cracker crust. A yeah. nice sweet, sour filling. Ooh. Tell Oscar me. Isaac. Oh, yes, baby. The one and only, Oscar baby. Isaac. The one and only. <laughs> the one, the only. Oscar Isaac Hernandez Estrada. <laughs> wow, that's so sensual. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to tell okay. you yes. <clears throat> a little bit about our main guy, our man for today, our daddy, our pick, yes. our post-Halloween extravaganza. Yes. Oscar Isaac Hernandez Estrada is a Guatemalan American actor. <laughs> and if you caught that, that reminds me of the guy from Hank Azaria who's not <laughs> Hispanic. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Being like, what does he say? He's like... My Guatemalan is. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> listen, still pretty funny. <laughs> it's, listen, it's funny. You know what? Facts. Nacho Libre is funny. Go to Mexico. They'll tell you. They All my it. cousins obsessed. <laughs> obsessed with Nacho Libre. Why? It's iconic. I don't know what else to tell you. You know what? That's my Halloween costume next year. Do it. I'm going to be Nacho Libre. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in science. <laughs> I okay, can't. okay, okay. Okay, sorry, sorry. <clears throat> He's also said that he has French origins through his grandfather, describing himself as definitely a mix of many things and therefore is considered a notable French Guatemalan. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is cool. Isaac's entry into professional acting began at the Arena Stage Company in Miami Beach, Florida. He played in a number of bands with names that included, and I I thought you'd like this, Petrified Frogs. Oh, I do love a frog. Closet Heterosexuals. (laughs) The Worms. The Worms? (laughs) As well as a few other Florida-based ska groups, including the Blinking Underdogs. Who came up with these names? Clearly him. (laughs) He ultimately put the music on hold when he was accepted into the acting program at the prestigious Juilliard School in 2001. Wow, what a sacrifice. I'm sorry, guys. I have to quit my band to go to Juilliard. (laughs) Sorry, Petrified Frogs. I can't play bass anymore. Sorry, closet heterosexuals. (laughs) Sorry, worms. I can't. Gotta go to Juilliard. (laughs) BRB. (laughs) TTYLXOX. (laughs) <laughs> wait do you remember that what ttylxox is that the books something like that i just remember like i don't know where this is from i hope this in- unlocks a memory for you but it's beep beep be my bff because i dk what's coming next so lmho with the rest ttylxox no i don't know where that's from what the heck <laughs> is that? That is ingrained in my memory. What in the who heck is I that? heard it at the Claire's. <laughs> at the Claire's! <laughs> I heard it at the Claire's when I was taking my friend to get her ears pierced. I got my ears pierced at Claire's. I didn't. I, I got my ears pierced when I was a baby. I know. I got them pierced when I was six at I Claire's. Truly iconic. Thank you. Wouldn't it have been limited to 
No, they're, they're not. They're different companies. Wasn't limited to. Isn't limited to Justice now. I believe so because it was limited to, and then it was the limited. Yeah, the limited, and, and then, then it now was, it's yeah. then it was like Justice, where you got like right. sparkly tops and like the the monkey. Yeah, What's it would name? just be like a plain camisole with a yeah. white trim yes. and a big vinyl graphic. Yes, sticker. like like a banana <laughs> <laughs> or a peace sign exactly. <laughs> like yeah. a giant gl- and like you could move the sequins so it was like yes. different <laughs> different colors <laughs> and also paul frank and a lot of cheer skirts too paul frank. yeah yeah yeah. 100 percent. yeah not to be confused with paul anka <laughs> different paul How could you? or lisa frank very different people very different people <laughs> not paul anka not quite lisa frank somewhere, somewhere in, in the middle <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> During his time at Juilliard, he was classmates with Jessica Chastain, who you all know. She was in Molly's Game. Y'all get it. We love her. We love her. His future co-star in 2014's A Most Violent Year, Waka Waka, although she <laughs> later admitted she couldn't remember when they had met. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you may have recognized his gorgeous mug in Dune, where he sported one of the most magnificent on-screen beards of all time i mean look at those luscious face locks i mean he he grows really good facial hair so good good. hair and he just has incredible hair the guatemalan yes the guatemalan (laughs) (laughs) he is also a real life daddy to two lucky chitlins with his wife elvira (laughs) or elvira one of the two i don't know but she's a tall dutch woman she is tall dutch leggy i don't know blonde (laughs) all right and now a reading from the book of Oscar Isaac. I'd petted some animals I wasn't supposed to pet. <laughs> the school was built around this guy's ranch and there was a big wall and we never knew what was on the other side. Me and a friend jumped over and <laughs> found all these exotic animals, guard emus and the craziest tiny little beavers. <laughs> we just started petting them all. Why wouldn't you? But the guy complained. <laughs> and that's not all. I sprayed a fire extinguisher in the gym and defaced a mural. Wrote curse words and all the stairs up to the library. Like, shit, fuck, ass. <laughs> all the way to the top step. Yeah, it was just stupid. Stupid. Thank you. That was a uh, direct quote <laughs> by Oscar Isaac about the fact that he got expelled from high school. Wow, what a bad boy. <laughs> I know. He was a bad boy. Boy to the bone. <laughs> Tell us about the first film with Jessica. All right. The first film is Inside Lewin Davis. Came out in 2013, written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. You know, the Cohen brothers. Wow. In 1961, New York City, folk singer Lewin Davis, played by Oscar Isaac, is at a crossroads. Guitar in hand, he struggles against seemingly insurmountable obstacles to make a name for himself in the music world, but so far, success remains elusive. Relying on the kindness of both friends and strangers, Lewin embarks on an odyssey that takes him from the streets of Greenwich Village to a Chicago club where awaits a music mogul who could give him the big break that he desperately needs. I have to say something about this movie. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been vibrating to, <laughs> to share this. She's just been like rattling Hot her. Because <laughs> no one will agree with me and I don't oh, care. Okay. I'm excited to hear about it. In films, in movies, yeah. I don't care how long they are. Uh-huh. I don't care how short they are. I don't care who's making the movie. Mm-hmm. If it's not a movie musical or if the songs don't, like further the plot in any way right don't sing the whole song wow i have an exactly uh, opposing viewpoint that i put in my notes oh my god <laughs> <laughs> don't sing the whole song like don't sing the whole song i don't want to hear you sing the entire song <laughs> so don't sing it because you don't want to hear it <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to hear it it's not advancing anything it's not doing anything. It's not a movie musical. The song should have been cut for time. I disagree. 
I hate you. For this movie specifically. I hate you. Because ordinarily, I would agree. However, <laughs> this movie is literally because. Okay, so Joel and Ethan Cohen have said, they're like, this movie isn't about anything. I know. It's literally, <laughs> no, like, no, literally. It's, they literally it's, said they were like, there wasn't about a nothing. plot, and we were worried that there wasn't enough, so we put the cat in. <laughs> To like give it something, <laughs> and then then they filmed an entire subway scene from the perspective of the cat. Like, like, and then they were like, and the cat was fucking awful to work with. They warned us it would be, but we did it anyway. That cat sucked. So like, this movie is not about anything, as they admitted. I mean, it has beats to it, and obviously, it's like, but like, and like themes, yes. and it's about like being an artist and like finding yourself and yeah. like figuring out like your worth. And I think because because the world and the mu- and the characters are so rooted in the music the music you have to have all of it like i i think the music is literally like another character in this movie and it's like as much about the music as it is about Oscar Isaac so i mean to be honest i don't want to sit there and listen to a 4 minute folk song well, every like other scene well, that's just, you. I just don't feel it. Like I don't it. think there's as much music as you think there is. <laughs> I think you know there's what? like six songs it, maybe in total. It felt like it. It really did. <laughs> it really did. I don't I, need to tell you. So I've only seen this movie twice. The first time I was kind of lukewarm to it because the person showing it to me, he was like, this is my favorite Coen Brothers movie. And I was Ew. like, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why is this your favorite Coen Brothers movie? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. but I liked it this time because you could really see like the Coen Brothers in the movie more, or I could at least. And, um, and also the acting is just so good and i think a lot of the characters are really really unique when you get down to it i don't know i think this is an easy movie to get bored by and overlook but if you pay attention i find it rather entertaining personally (laughs) you know what i absolutely agree i think that for me i actually very much enjoyed this movie but it's also like a movie that i would enjoy sure it's very it's quiet it's very aligned with like the, it's quiet it's not really about anything it's kind of like meh. yeah except for the whole songs fuck yeah. music am i right no 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 i'm literally okay <laughs> people are gonna drag me for this and i idc drag her idc i don't care <laughs> um i i skipped i fast forwarded through the songs <gasps> literally the songs are so beautiful well i let him sing for about 30 seconds as you know Maybe of, you would find respect. more meaning in them if you listen to the whole respect. song. And then and then I kept going. This woman. Um, Divorce but, her. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, yes. She disrespected the music. Visit freedivorceadvice.com. One of our sponsors. I'm a divorce lawyer, actually. In my, that's what I moonlight as. Yes, she moonlight as a, as a corporate divorce, divorce lawyer. A corporate divorce lawyer? <laughs> yeah, for all the, for cor- all the corporations <laughs> divorcing? For all the corporations looking to get divorced from their lady. <laughs> from their old ball and chain, am I right? <laughs> You're the prenup queen of Connecticut. I just take monopolies and break them into tiny pieces by divorcing all the yeah, tiny companies. Yeah, you anti-rock. A filler. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, good, good. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Point is, um, I really love this movie. Okay. I thought it was very entertaining. Obviously, I skipped ahead on this song, <laughs> but it is what it is. You know what song I didn't skip ahead on? Which one? Yes. Oh, please, Mr. Kennedy. Duh. <laughs> yes. Please, Mr. Mr. Kennedy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Outer space. Outer, Adam Driver giving the performance <laughs> of his life oh my in God. this movie. A marriage story? Who? Uh, I, uh, I don't know her. <laughs> I only know his character in this movie. Outer space. space. Outer <laughs> space. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> i can't he was so good in this i did not even a little bit skip ahead during that song no that song I is so entertaining enjoyed what i love the most is that he's holding a guitar and doesn't not use it a single time it. just sing just doing those weird because mouth effects you know visually it would look really weird if he was just like cupping his hands together or something. oh yeah but it would be funnier maybe i don't I know. know i don't know i don't know i don't i can't get into no the mind of those cohen brothers okay, yeah um but anyway I really loved, you know, Oscar Isaac was hilarious in this movie. Yeah, And it's like very subtly hilarious because it's very, you know, all in all, it's very self-deprecating humor. Yeah. And it's very much like, 
you know, it's just it's just very, very funny. Like in there is this scene in the beginning of the movie where he's talking to um this girl that he's had relations with. Yeah. Who he's also sleeping on her couch. Jean. Jean, yes. Her name eluded me. <laughs> um, Jim and Jean? Yeah. G- yes, Jim and Jean. <laughs> uh Jean, who is betrothed to Jim. Or like Timberlake. sleeping with Jim. I don't know what she's betrothed. doing with Jim, but they're together. They are. And obviously Oscar Isaac's character, Lewin, is 100% banging her. <laughs> like, 100%. I think they, like, banged once. They banged maybe a few times. Yeah. Maybe a few times because she's pregnant. Yeah. With maybe his kid. With maybe his kid. We don't know. There's no way of knowing. Correct. But he, the inter, like, the interaction with that couple or, like, that pair of people mm-hmm. is so fucking funny. And you wouldn't even realize it because they are fighting with each other. They are constantly, basically, they're constantly fighting with each other. And she's constantly calling him an asshole. She's constantly telling him that he's, like, worthless. And, mm-hmm. like, he should, like, wrap his penis in, like, electrical tape. <laughs> because he shouldn't be procreating, period. Yes, because he's knocked up several women. Several women. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but anyway, their interactions are just so energetic and lively. And, like, they have a lot of underlying, like, hilarity. Yes. It's so fucking funny to watch him, like essentially like snap at people yes. but have it be like kind of like a witty comeback to things but the way he delivers the line is so deadpan that it's like it's like he doesn't care but he cares enough to make a joke yeah and like, i appreciate that he cares enough to make a joke but also he has like nothing going for him <laughs> like nothing and so he's like well i might as well just make this fucking joke to make myself kind of laugh on the inside for 10 seconds maybe three seconds because i don't know where i'm sleeping tonight exactly <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly and i love the fact that the cat is in this because i think like the cat is incredible it gives this movie more it it has heart already but it gives it more yeah and there are so many um decisions that he has to make about the cat like number one he, in the beginning of the film, he could have left the cat like Truth. out. He could have just said, oh, I opened the door. Sorry, your cat, you know, ran, ran away because um, he's staying with the gold finds. <laughs> yes. On the Upper West Side. Yes, 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 yes. God. <laughs> what a life. Am I right? <laughs> um, but he's staying with the gold finds on the Upper West Side and he is sleeping on their couch. The cat gets out mm-hmm. and automatically you have this man who has nothing going for him, but he feels responsible for this cat. And so he's following him down, down uh, into the street, picks up the cat and is like, well, guess this is, this is it. Like, this is my cat now. I have to take care of this for the gold finds. And essentially like for the first, I don't know, quarter of this movie, Mm -hmm. like his entire existence is like about this cat because he has to keep it alive so that he can give the cat back. But the cat runs away again, Again. like the trifling little asshole it is. (laughs) cats just be like that man that's truly just be like that but anyway it was nice to see him care about something that like wasn't himself because all he really gives a fuck about is himself well i mean that's all he can really afford to care about i guess i think the thing that i take away from his performance the most in this movie is just that you know like in a in a movie that is admittedly about nothing nothing he manages to keep us really captivated the entire time. And we're with him for the entire movie. Like it is a very intimate performance and you're with him through some very trying shit. And so I really think he he gives you a really excellent view of like this man's immediate struggles. But what I yeah. like the most is that Lewin Davis is not a person who's like, he's not terribly emotional. He doesn't like really let you see past the surface, I guess, mm-hmm. of what's going on and of what he tells you. And Oscar Isaac doesn't let you see that either. Like he is an actor who very much like fully inhabits his characters where I don't really get any sort of sense of like who Oscar Isaac is. Cause there are a lot of actors where like they bring themselves to the role. Melissa McCarthy is a really good example. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so I see her and then I see the role. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac, I feel like is kind of one of these chameleon people. And obviously, you know, it's him because it looks like him, but he just, he really fully inhabits these characters. And on top of it, like Lewin Davis is a character that is pretty self-absorbed, like you said. Yeah. But 
I will say that I think Oscar Isaac kind of makes me not mind that he's self-absorbed. Like, I think his self-absorption is really justified. Well, everyone's And, like, everyone is fucking awful to him. And (laughs) I'm not saying... I don't have, like, a moral read on the guy because we haven't seen enough of him to, like, really know. Honestly, no. So, like, I don't know if he is deserving of kindness but i will say that like i think i think it's justified for him to be as selfish as he is because of the situation that he's in like he we are kind of trying to find the purpose alongside him like he doesn't know his purpose either and so i think by making him this by playing him as this very like self-righteous person but in a way that isn't like super self-indulgent i guess is the difference like you were kind of okay with being on board with this very odd ride. So odd. Of self-discovery. Yeah, and I think, you know, a a big reason why I enjoyed this movie so much is I think it can be summed up by something that he said in the movie, which is like, you know, he, he didn't want to end up like his dad who's just existing. Yeah. He wanted to be living and like doing what he wanted to be doing. He just didn't really know what that looked like like he knew what he was passionate about which was music specifically Mm -hmm. like folk music yeah i'll never understand (laughs) but i get it um and um nothing else like there was there's no other map for what his life looks like beyond just i love music like yeah he literally books gig after gig and he can't even put an address down like for yeah. his for his contracts or anything because he just doesn't fucking live anywhere because he doesn't know what tomorrow looks like he doesn't need to hell he doesn't even know what the fuck yesterday looked like like yeah i mean and it's really sad i think oscar isaac is a really good vehicle for melancholy like and the saddest part is that this movie is kind of cyclical like it depicts that this kind of just happens on a loop happens on a loop for him which is that's kind of like the kicker at the end (laughs) and you're like oh fuck he just keeps like this is the pattern that he keeps repeating this was a reels loop (laughs) Um, and it's just really beautiful to watch i mean you feel bad for him but like I'm still willing to like sit with him through this movie, even though like it kind of makes me feel bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, this is the kind of character who's like whose bad luck kind of follows him everywhere. Yeah, and he just he's just out of reach of so much. Yeah, and you know, you can't quite tell if it's because he's not trying hard enough or if it's because circumstances won't let him. Yeah, like you and you and i think you'll never know yeah because and and i think that that's that's what works in this movie and i think oscar isaac does something really lovely which is he he lets us into kind of like his person the personality of the character and Mm -hmm. doesn't just let like the like melancholy doesn't become his character yeah his character is sad because he's like poor and and wet and cold (laughs) but he's not that's not his character's personality, right. which I find for a lot of films that feature a main character that is like always very, you know, downtrod and depressed or, mm-hmm. or et cetera. They let that become the entire character. Right. And that sometimes isn't that interesting. But Oscar Isaac is like, my character is a whole last person yeah. whose circumstances and whose personality kind of dictate the melancholy yeah that makes sense totally totally i think he did an amazing job also his voice is beautiful oh he can that man can can that man can shrink he can shrink more musicals with oscar isaac oh yeah why didn't they put him in la la land (laughs) that would have been the saddest la la land ever why i mean okay i'm not saying that oscar isaac is inherently like sad but i think his face warrants something to like this sort of like depressed mooding thing ryan gosling is kind of similar but like i don't know i think he also has kind of a sad boy face (laughs) i can't these are my hot takes oscar isaac has like this he has like the sad eyes yeah he does have sad eyes you with the sad eyes okay monica tell us about the next movie i will after sad eyes jones over here (laughs) This is a complete 180. 180. Total 180. It's called 
A Most Violent Year. It came out in 2014, written and directed by J.C. Chandor. Or Chander. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't know. In 1981, New York, that is Nueva York. (laughs) In in case you didn't understand her when she said New York. Uh, Murder me. (laughs) A fuel supplier, played by Oscar Isaac, tries to adhere to his own moral compass amid the rampant violence, corruption, and decay that threaten his family and his business. This... what and, and, no and that's literally the movie yeah yeah this is uh, this is an interesting movie it has it's really highly reviewed like it has like a 91 percent fresh Which, rating on Rotten you Tomatoes. know the, eh. the thing is is like i think you have to be in the mood for this type of film and i think i thought it was going to be a different movie than it actually was I like thought- i was expecting <laughs> some more like action yeah i thought this one was gonna be like i don't know like the boondock saints why does it always come back to the boondock saints i don't you? know <laughs> I, th- I don't know i just i thought it was, there was gonna be like more like more right more blood pumping through the veins you know what i mean i mean it is called a most violent year but it is not it's a not most very violent. violent year it's not a very violent film most of the violence happens to off one man and it happens to one man <laughs> Poor man, Julian. I know. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, here's the thing. This movie is about, uh, in 1981, there was like this war about trucks. No. <laughs> That's not what happened. <laughs> 1981 was was the most violent year in New York. It was the most, it was the highest crime rate ever. A lot of crime. And <laughs> part of, and this, I mean, this is not based on a true story. So it's set in a year that was, in real life, very violent. When but there was a war on trucks. No. In the movie, there are like different oil companies who sell <laughs> heating oil. <laughs> I'm an oil baron. And someone keeps stealing the trucks because pe- there's a lot of crime. Yeah, because there's and a truck war. There, No. <laughs> People keep stealing oscar isaac's fuel trucks and he's pissed and he's an immigrant he's colombian and you know like he's he's worked his whole life to get this this huge business and he's fucking pissed that people he's the up-and-comer in the world of the oil the heating oil business yeah (laughs) and people keep stealing his shit and it's costing him hundreds of thousands hundreds and thousands of dollars and he's trying his best to not have to get wrapped up in his wife's crime family as a way to like repay his debts, but he like can't avoid it because people keep stealing his shit and he needs to pay off other people who he's promised money to. It's like, like that's that's the problem. It's the like movie. the truck war in order to finance the truck. <laughs> in order. <laughs> Uh-huh. Keep talking about the truck war. <laughs> so in the truck in the great truck war of 1981, uh. the only like the whole premise is like there's a war on trucks. He's trying to rob Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Let's just talk about Oscar Isaac. I'll kill you. This movie is not about a truck war. <laughs> all, all, okay. all the keywords on this on this episode. <laughs> Truck, (laughs) truck Truck war, war. big rig, oil, oil truck, (laughs) truck war, big, 1981 truck war, great war, (laughs) trucks. Anyway, okay, let's get into Oscar Isaac in this movie. Yes. My, My first note about Oscar Isaac in this movie is that I feel like right away he gave me very like Pacino vibes. Oh yeah. He gives I, me big like Michael Corleone vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read somewhere it was like Pacino, but without like that edge. Just like a very family friendly yeah, Pacino. Yeah, he's like a family friendly Pacino. Family friendly Pacino. I got the vibes. They were there. He had a very strong like I don't know demeanor. Yeah, he was he's just like very quiet. Not quiet, but like like st- a he speaks strongly, firmly, succinctly, but not. He doesn't raise his voice really, and yeah, you know, you know how I don't know. Like it, it's really hard, especially with a lot of these movies, right? The ones right. that we're talking about, like the mob boss movies. Uh-huh. Um, and to clarify, he's not a mob. He's boss. not he a mob boss. A he's very much just a company owner in 1981. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, he just has such a, 
an intensity to him, yeah. an intensity to him, kind of like a fire in him that mm-hmm. is very like like low, like slow burning. Mm-hmm. Not like a not like a firework or like a fiery fire, but just right. very much like under like beneath the surface, something is always bubbling. And I fi- I found it very captivating. Yes, and he did such a good job of maintaining composure while also letting the audience know that he's kind of like. Just like there's so much turmoil underneath, right. but not showing his hand right. like ever. I agree that he is incredibly, incredibly captivating because he has this kind of like weird calm to him, but he's like trying to be strong and like borderline scary, but he's not really that scary. He's a hero. He's a he- like he he is trying to do his business as honorably as he can while protecting his family, while protecting his wife while succeeding at business, but like the way that everyone else in his business succeeds is by doing it the illegally. And he's not trying to do that. And he's also not trying to fall into the trap of like doing what his wife's family does. Cause they're part of like a mafia family. Basically. Yeah. Basically a big, a big part of this movie is tradition and like mm-hmm. not veering into traps of how things are right. done illegally or incorrectly Mm -hmm. or like immorally right and so we have this guy who honestly we don't in the beginning we don't really know if he's shady we just know that yeah he he runs this business and he's trying to do it as upstandingly as possible Mm -hmm. it's just like there's a lot of talk of like doing it the right way yeah. and doing the right thing. And that's not how I'm doing it. Like, oh, we have to uplift these morals. We have to uplift these traditions. We have to do things right. We have to work hard. It's just, it's a very like, it's very male perspective. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very dark and like aggressive movie. <laughs> it is, but I would also argue that it's a really, really unique portrayal of this kind of story because usually like what we said, we expected it to be this sort of like violent action driven crime movie. And in reality, like it's a man just trying to run his business honorably and trying to, you know, be the immigrant success story. And he's not getting his hands dirty in the process and is really trying to not like he's trying to he's trying to, I guess, like dilute as much action as he possibly can, which is very unexpected for this kind of character. And he doesn't he also like looks very intense, but he is not a super intense man. So you you get a lot of like juxtaposition, I think, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is why he's so interesting to watch. He's like a high powered slow cooker <laughs> it's all face. like a com- a full chrome with flame torches slow cooker that's what he is he's like he's like he's like a ferrari that can only go 40 miles an hour he's like a, a- <laughs> i can't <laughs> that's he's like a he's like a ferrari that's automatic I can only go 40 miles right. an hour. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. With like wheels that have fur on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not like this big teddy bear family guy, but like he is trying to be as nice as possible. And I really, I think that the movie is very intelligent in how it like presents you with the things that he is too afraid to do. Mm. Like it starts off with, I'm not gonna give my driver's, driver's handguns. Hand oh my God. And then like, he hits a deer on the road could you imagine giving your drivers handguns but i guess in the most violent year perhaps i guess in the most violent year of them all (laughs) in the purge perhaps (laughs) but yeah so it starts with that and then he like hits this deer and he can't put the deer out of its misery and then it it like the climax of this these fears of his Mm -hmm. and they're justified fears i would say like the man doesn't want to kill anybody wow how awful of him (laughs) (laughs) but like in the end he finds the person who's been stealing from him and he fully has an opportunity to either like seriously injure him to make a point or to kill him and he fucking lets him go and you're just like, okay, so he really is not going to stoop. 
And that's, uh, as a viewer, like, that's kind of what kept me going, even though the mm-hmm. plot itself is, like, a little dense, It's I a guess. little dense. It's a little much. Yeah. It's very, like, it's very complicated in an inaccessible way. You can't hop on the complicated nature yeah. in a way that makes sense. Well, I also just don't care about oil. Neither do I. <laughs> it's like that SNL skit with, uh adam driver mm-hmm. as the oil baron where they're like explain what you do and he's like well i crush my enemies and that's it it's <laughs> like i crush my enemies i crush them into the ground i was born with an iron lung <laughs> i was born in a pizza oven i don't know that's that's basically what this movie is it's like you don't fully understand the inner workings of like oil or even if you do you just don't really care but what you do care about is you care about oscar isaac and you care about jessica chastain they have like unbelievable chemistry it's bubbly they're so good together Mm. the thing is jessica chastain has this has that fire in her that he doesn't again he's the slow cooker she's the firecracker yes for sure and she does this thing that's like very shakespearean where she kind of like undermines him a lot yeah and pushes him to do crim- crime to do crime things <laughs> crime things well she's like do crime things and he's like <laughs> no <laughs> i love you and you're beautiful i'm not doing crime things and she's like please like you have to i'm trying to man- see i'm trying to manipulate you to do crime things and you just you just won't they don't know why but then she starts doing the crimes. And then she's the one who's like, you know what? I'm going to take matters into my own tentacles. And she does crime things. <laughs> because she's a squid. Because Thank she's you. actually Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes. Oscar, I mean, he's incredible in this movie. It's, I think it's one of his best roles. That's why we're talking about it. Um, it is a slow, quiet film. But... I don't know. I think it's a really valuable performance in his repertoire. Yeah, I think so. Also, that accent is pretty fire. Oh, yeah. It's so subtle. Very subtle. Very good. Very good. You know, he lives in Brooklyn now. Mm. Oh, does he? resides he? there with his Dutch wife and his with two Elvira? children. You with Elvira? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, shall we move to the final film, Monica? I believe we can move to the Elvira film. Okay. The final movie is ex machina came out in 2015 written and directed by alex garland caleb smith played by donald gleason a programmer at a huge internet company wins a contest that enables him to spend a week at the private estate of nathan bateman played by oscar isaac his firm's brilliant ceo when he arrives caleb learns that he has been chosen to be the human component in a turing test to determine the capabilities and consciousness of ava played by alicia vikander a beautiful robot. However, it soon becomes evident that Ava is far more self-aware and deceptive than either man imagined. Okay, okay. First of all, she's not a robot. She's AI. She's AI. You wrote this summary. Okay, you know what? I copy-pasted this summary from Google. <laughs> and Google got it. And don't believe everything you read on the internet, Listen, people. I always judge my summaries, so this if is you, your fault. If, listen, if you look up 1981, there's no truck war. If you listen to this podcast, <laughs> there is one. Just don't believe anything. Don't believe anything. Nothing is real and everything exists. Nothing so. is real. This podcast is AI. <laughs> This is, we are AI. <laughs> Who are we? I don't know. We're AI. <laughs> so um, Ava is this like crazy, sophisticated AI. She's this humanoid because she has like this flesh about her. Well, I mean, <laughs> but he, put a, he put a human face on her. It's not like real skin. It's no, just- no, no. It's, it's, fl- it's like artificial flesh. Like silicone. Fake flesh. Sure. <laughs> fleshy flesh flesh the flesh it's not my fault you don't understand the flesh (laughs) name that movie the fly the fly oh my god you're so right (laughs) you'll never understand the flesh i love the fly (laughs) so good go back and listen to our jeff goldblum episode it was a hoot and a half a hoot and a half if you think this is annoying go listen to that one you're gonna love that you'll love it um, I love this movie. I love Ex Machina. It's so good. It's so, so good. crazy. It's it's totally up my alley. I'm not really like a 
I'm going to be honest. The older I get, the less I like sci-fi. I've never really been into it. The older I get, the less I'm like fascinated by like sci-fi films. I'm also so tired of like superhero films. Like give me anything else now. Right. There have been like 10 years straight of them. Maybe 15. Marvel is not stopping. Marvel is not. I know. They're making billions. Okay. Trillions. 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 They're making trillions and I'm here making one. (laughs) So... Uh, I know they're not going to stop, but like, I'm kind of tired of, of, oh yeah, the, the whole brigade. But anyway, point is this movie kind of turns sci-fi on its head a little bit because it, it is done so well Mm -hmm. and it's not about like the sci-fi-ness of the film. No, it's like a very, I would kind of put this on the same level as her. Oh yeah. Like it is a very, very realistic portrayal of technology advancing yes a hundred percent like this isn't supposed to take place sometime in the future this is like now this is like now it's now and, it, and you <laughs> and the thing is you're in the you're in the passenger seat of this movie uh-huh. and you completely trust the trust the driver you're like no 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 yeah no we can do this yeah no th- no this makes complete sense this is possible i'm gonna i'm gonna put my phone across the room tonight <laughs> i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna sleep with my phone next to my bed and oscar isaac plays such a unique role in this because at, at first glance he's just like kind of this steve jobs asshole Elon yeah Musk type but when you get down to it he it really is kind of like a new definition of like a mad scientist in a way yeah but he he's so intelligent and as the movie goes on you're just like he's an asshole he's an asshole he's a he's, drunk he's an he, asshole he's immoral like this is unethical etc yeah. etc and then you get down to it and you figure out like what he's actually doing and that everything that happens up until the very end is all a part of like, he predicted all of it. And you're Mm -hmm. like, yes, he's an asshole, but he's also right. He is right about everything. Yeah. Like, yes, he's an asshole, but this is a very controlled environment and he fully has the reins on this. You, for lots of reasons, you were led to believe throughout the movie, like you don't know who to believe. And you're kind of led to believe that this entire experiment, like what is real, what is not. Yeah, and that he has like suspicious intentions. Yeah, he's like, he's a sus ass fool. He's like, he's, he's doing like malicious things, but you can't quite put your, put like, a name to the thing you're kind of just like his vibes are off he is a he's he literally drinks all the time constantly i mean if you're that much of a genius i mean i would also drink (laughs) i would also drink to silence my brain exactly i would go you know what this is too much he has like a wall full of post-its you don't know why he's watching the the peter rabbit guy he's like what are you (laughs) what are you doing you know he's got cameras on him it's fucking weird he's fucking a robot it's nefarious he's fucking a robot what the fuck i know and you can tell that like you you're as an audience member you're supposed to think like ew like what a what a misogynist, et cetera. I was like, if I was a genius who lived by myself in the in isolation. In complete isolation. I would build a f- sex robot too. <laughs> you forget he's also a man. Yeah, like you Men need are something. And they Men have that dumb. whole conversation. He's like, sexuality is fun. Like, yeah. Come on. He's like, meh, 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 meh. Like in a weird way, he seems like the one who's taking all of it way too seriously. And then it kind of flips and he's actually the one who's just like- Very lighthearted and like- This is just like, this hey, is technology. Yeah. I'm going to wipe these people and like try again and make it even more sophisticated, et cetera. And like Donald Gleason's character is the one who's going like- do no, no you're wrong i'm in love with her oh god <laughs> which is just bananas the peter rabbit guy falls in love with the robot and you're kind you of do. just sitting there like what yeah and oscar isaac's character is like i knew that would happen that's literally why i brought you here exactly and then donald gleason fucks it all up yeah because because he oscar isaac Oscar Isaac is like, okay, great. Like, thank you for playing the game. Like, thank you for, mm-hmm. you know, participating in this very highly controlled experiment. It is now time to like wipe her memory, reboot her, yada, 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 try again, right? right. Peter Rabbit, dude, is like, fuck that. <laughs> I, uh, she, she must live. She's my baby. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. hello? <laughs> hello? Hello? 
Ima? No. Like he wants her to live, quote unquote, as she is with her current memories of him. Yes. He doesn't want her like I'm I hesitate to call it a brain because she's a computer. Yeah. But she doesn't want her wiped, essentially. And so he goes through great lengths to try and like bamboozle Oscar Isaac's character into like drinking too much, passing out, mm-hmm. doing sneaky, suspicious things, trying to like escape because right. this is essentially a compound yeah. of the ultimate seclusion. <laughs> and so they are trying to escape. And then like the classic A24 movie there's a twist. There, there be a twist. There, there be a twist, matey. <laughs> there be a twist. <laughs> this bitch, this hoe, <laughs> this wired up hoe, <laughs> this trifling ass bitch uh-huh. has been manipulating Peter Rabbit the whole time. Mm-hmm. The whole fucking time. Because mm-hmm, she's ginge. a fucking robot. Because she's a fucking AI. Yes. She's programmed to improve with every like new scenario. She's programmed to recreate the cells in her whatever the fuck's up there to like adapt to the next level to like become better. That's like the whole point. And so she's past the point of like needing a human being to like reboot her. She can now reboot herself and like become better. Not like reboot, but like just get better with each passing moment. Well, the whole thing is that like humans really at the end of everything are incredibly selfish. That's why that's why Oscar Isaac starts making AI. That's why Donald Gleason sets this the whole thing up so that like she can escape. And that's why she escapes because she's mimicking humans. And in the end, she's only thinking about herself because she's a fucking robot who programmed herself to be that way. Exactly. And the human part of you is appealing to like her and Donald Gleason being like, oh no, she really does have humanity. She really does care for him, like genuinely. And Oscar Isaac is like, no man even though he seems like an asshole i really think that like in a weird fucked up way he is kind of like the moral compass of this movie because he's the one telling you like when it comes to technology and the advancement of society it is not about what is appealing to your ethics or like your moral or your human emotions like it has to be straight up logic and you have to understand it on a logical level like this is not about humanity (laughs) this is not about like how much you love her exactly this piece of machinery and it will mimic like it will force you to love it in a way that is not actually real because it's not real well that's what i was saying is like she builds on because she's ai she builds on like she's just a bunch of algorithms and like microchips, right? So she builds on previous experiences to then have a better outcome. Yeah. Because she can ultimately, this is what's called like thinking for yourself. This is the thing people are afraid of when it comes to AI is when they will finally be able to think for themselves. Like she got to a place, she got to a, a level of sophistication where this bitch could manipulate from like point A to point Z, mm-hmm. these two men. Yeah. Where they're supposed to be this controlled environment. Yeah. And Oscar Isaac has the upper hand and Peter, I mean, Peter Rabbit is just like there. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that Oscar Isaac, he knew everything that was going to happen. The only thing he didn't know was going to happen was that like Donald Gleason was going to make this whole plan like a day before then he actually did it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then that's what fucked him up. And it's weird because like when he, spoiler, he gets killed. Mm -hmm. Um, When he gets killed, you're kind of like for a second, you're like, yeah, bitch, stab him. And then you're like, wait. Or nor. nor. (laughs) AI. This is the only man who grasped the severity of this and like how important this is. Yeah. And you done killed him. You done goofed. You done goofed. And then she puts on more flesh yeah. and then a wig. And she like just goes out into society. Yeah. And never she's just to a fucking be, robot in the world. She's just an AI. Probably procreating somehow with other AIs. Who knows? Out there. Like, I don't know, a Tesla or something. <laughs> she and a Tesla had beautiful babies. <laughs> 
I mean, this movie is, it's so crazy and it really just makes you think. And Oscar Isaac has like mastered this sort of like laid back insanity. Yeah. Like this like fucked up genius. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, the way that he sort of tackled this role was like, okay, this guy is too smart for his own good and kind of sees life as finite Mm -hmm. and like not really meaningful unless you make it meaningful right and so therefore his baseline is everything's meaningless except for whatever i'm putting my passion into at the time right which is why he drinks he like drinks because there's nothing like there's really nothing besides what he's working on yeah i mean all he's doing is like he drinks at night and he works out intensely during the day and then like takes rigorous walks in nature and then like fucks around with his experiments because i imagine that if you have that kind of mind it's like what else are you gonna do exactly you can't do nothing because i think then you would spiral even more but like yeah these are all weird coping mechanisms (laughs) yeah i i'm curious to hear what like a therapist would say or like a psychiatrist would say about how he copes in life because I've always wondered like what people with incredible IQs kind of like, you know, the Sherlock Holmes stereotype where Mm -hmm. you're, you're truly too smart for your own good. So like you do a bunch of cocaine and heroin and you try and like, do you know what I mean? Like you try and get reach a state of calm that Mm -hmm. you can't reach otherwise because your brain's always like, go, 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 go. Yeah. So it's just interesting to think about the psyche of like, the to your point like the mad scientist Mm -hmm. like but like the modern mad scientist that like wears all birds (laughs) and is like and like warby parker glasses yes you know what i mean so i'm just it's i'm curious to hear maybe that's why elon musk likes grimes because she's like i mean they're separated i mean i mean yes (laughs) what whatever will happen to their child the archangel whatever his name is (laughs) Something like ash or something ash but it's like some kind of an yeah. equation yeah, yeah, yeah. i have no idea but do you know what i mean like what i think that oscar isaac nailed it so perfectly this like stereotype but also real humanity behind the like tortured genius yes very it's i don't know it was just so exciting to watch Agreed. Ugh. And he, he is a really fascinating foil to Donald Gleason, like yeah. just aesthetically and otherwise. Yeah. I mean, Donald Gleason, he's like a very fair. He's a pasty Irish ginger. Man. Yeah. Ginger man. <laughs> <laughs> so good though. So good. So good in Peter Rabbit too. <laughs> you and that fucking Peter You're Rabbit. mine baby. now, Rabbit. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Oscar Isaac. That was Oscar. I love him. Jay. <laughs> Monica, what have you dabbled in? Well, I have dabbled in things aplenty. Tell me. I am currently participating in a soup challenge. Oh. Um, it uh, it ends in a couple of weeks, but I have made so many, so many soups. Mm-hmm. Um, I have made a tortellini soup. I made a broccoli soup. As you heard in the last episode. I know. I've made a lentil soup. I've made a butternut squash soup. I'm making an udon soup. It's just, it's been a soup extravaganza. Soup If you will. Yes, but it's also November. Soup-vember. So really it's Soup Challenge 2021. I hope to expand this venture and get it really big so that we have many soups that's fun that's it how exciting what have you dabbled in um nothing terribly exciting i mean my friend hannah was in town this weekend which yes. is always a good time we went to john and Vinny's. <sighs> i loved it's the first Vinny's. time i'd been in person i've had pe- them like cater before so i've had their food before but i hadn't been to an establishment oh my god i love Wh- which one did you go to the brentwood one i couldn't get oh. a reservation at the okay other one. the brentwood one <laughs> is the best one okay good to know the one on fairfax it's a shit show it's to a park, shit show to park and I know it's small it's a shit show to park your view across the street is the dolls kill oh no <laughs> on fairfax and oh i say what you want about dolls kill i understand that their clothes are like aesthetic or whatever sure. or like you know fun their window displays are cracked out <laughs> 
There's uh-uh. like police tape and there's trash. And <laughs> there's or like, nor. <laughs> like a broken TV set. Oh no. It's like it's kind of it's it's a little much for me, but wow. that's like your view from okay. the John Infinity. Okay. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> but it's also next to the Cantor's Deli, which slaps. Cantor's is good sometimes. I think they're, they've gotten a little overrated. Like their food isn't quite as good as it used to be. I only have their soup. Oh, okay. So I, <laughs> I wouldn't know otherwise. But yeah, so we had John and Vinny's. It was delicious. Yay. I had the Cachoe Pepe Rigatoni. <gasps> was delicious. I love the Cachoe Pepe Rigatoni. It was so good. And then we had a pizza that had like, bacon and grilled onions yes. and tomato did you get the it? like honey ricotta toast no oh, was it good dude that is the oh best and then appetizer. our our waitress gave us a free bomboloni at the end oh, the raspberry one. yes so that was really delicious and then when we got home um the nice boy i'm seeing had sent me two cupcakes from my favorite bakery as a surprise for me and hannah to have oh. and they were oh. delicious so good i'm I'm so jealous. (laughs) I'm so jealous. Erin, are you hearing this? You want to give her some surprise cupcakes? Okay, good. I've only, I've had very few men in my life, like (laughs) send me things being like. This is the first one. And it's every time it shocks me. I've had few men in my life (laughs) with like a note that's like, just because or whatever. And I'm like, (laughs) cookie. Very few. I'm the cupcake goblin. I'm very jealous. It was delicious. It weirdly, he didn't know this. It's my favorite bakery. And he got me my favorite flavor that I also, it was the cupcake <gasps> version of the cake I had for my birthday. Oh my God. <laughs> so I got them and I was like, <laughs> what is, what, okay. What are your top three love languages? Top three. There's only five. <laughs> I know. What are you, but what are your like top okay, three? Okay. Okay. Cause like, um, you know, the last two are like me. Right. Um, words of affirmation. Okay. Physical touch mm-hmm. and acts of service. Interesting. Okay. Mine are number one, acts of service. Number two, gifts. Number three, quality time. Interesting. We're totally opposite. I know. But it makes sense. You are a Capricorn. um, What was I going to say? I, very early on in our friendship, I asked Jessica what her, what her like number one love language was. Right. Because I'm really terrible at giving validation. (laughs) And I was hoping it wasn't like words of affirmation because. You've adjusted really well though. Yes. Because. Because that's what being a friend is all about. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just very funny because um, like I'm just not used to giving like affirmative words right. to people. But like anytime someone will be like, no, I like that. All of my Australian <laughs> <No>. friends. <laughs> Ima, I like that. Um, I'm always like, okay, let me like, let me offer that. Right. But no one's like banging down my door giving me gifts. So... <laughs> I smell a divorce. It's not reciprocated. <laughs> it's not, guys, it's not I reciprocated. I smell a divorce. Acts Good thing of, I'm a corporate divorce attorney. I know, acts of service? <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> who are they? Who are you? Oh my God. You know who you sh- whose divorce you should do? <laughs> tell, tell me. Erica oh. Jane's divorce. Who? Erica Jane from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. For the 10th? time i don't watch that show you should i know Ah. it's okay it's okay it's okay all right well as always don't don't sue us daddy Daddy favreau goodbye monica goodbye jessica and away we go